that shall set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. And thou shalt set the um, laver between the tent and the congregation and the, uh, and the altar, and shall put water therein. And thou shalt set up the court round about, and hang up the hanging at the court gate. And thou shalt take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle, and all that is therein, and thou shalt hallow it, and all the, ves the vessels thereof, and it shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint the altar of the burnt offering, and all his vessels, and sanctify the altar, and it shall be an altar most holy. Verse 11, and thou shalt anoint the laver and his, and his food, and sanctify it. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, once again, Lord. We ask for your blessing tonight, Lord. We, we are here. We came to church, Lord, knowing that you will speak to us through, through the preaching of your word, Father. We just want to hear what you have to say tonight. We don't want to hear what I have to say. We, everybody wants to hear what you have to say, Lord. So we ask for your blessing. We ask you to uh, do something in our hearts. Speak through your word. Uh, help us have a, a, a clear mind and just uh, put everything aside except what's being uh, said tonight, Lord. Help us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have ever purchased a piece of furniture in the store Ikea? If, if you ever go to Ikea, normally, if you ever had the opportunity to, to buy a piece of furniture there, what you will get is not a piece of furniture. You will get a box or a boxes, right? And it, you know, filled with parts and screws and bolts and nuts and and. And, and, and it'll tell you, if, you know, uh, some assembly required, you know. <laughs> so inside those boxes, you'll find the parts, you'll find the screws, you'll find the bolts, whatever you need to assemble that piece of furniture. And at the same time, inside the boxes, you normally find a booklet. It's about this thick, right? <laughs> And it's called the instruction book. And basically, it, it tells you how to specifically put all the parts together, right? Now, those instructions specifically tell you which parts go where with which specific screws and in what specific order. The passage which is which is read, that's basically what God is doing to Moses. He's, he's giving Moses instruction on how to build that tabernacle, the tabernacle of reunion. Um, the, basically, the, what the tabernacle of reunion was a, a portable tent or, or, or a portable church, if you, if you may call it, that was uh, built during the time of the children of Israel when, uh, when they, wandering, they were wandering in the desert so they could meet with God. Amen? Uh, the purpose of God delivering the children from Egypt, it was for God to meet with them and for the children of Israel to serve him. That was the whole purpose, you know? And in, in, in the Christian life, it's not so much different. God delivers us from sin, from a life of sin. He saves us so we can 
serve him. There, there is a purpose for, uh, for, for a Christian's, in a Christian's life. Moses got instructions on how to build that tabernacle. And basically what it would look like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture, but if, if, if you, if you want to Google it later, basically what it was, the, uh, uh, the inner uh, tabernacle or the, the tabernacle itself, it was basically a tent. You know, it, had, it, it was made with uh, some uh, animal skin, some, some uh, fabric, uh, but, it, but it was a, a, a portable tent that you could remove it, you could set it up uh, fast, uh, and there were some pieces of furniture that would go inside. If you, if you, if you follow the, the passage that we read in verse 1, God, God starts by, by uh, telling Moses not only what to build, but when to build it. And verse 3 talks about the ark of the testimony. And verse 4 says, thou shalt bring in the table. You know, that's because they were Baptists and he figured they're going to need a table because they're going to eat. But it says, and set in order the things that are to be set in order upon it. Now, verse 5 talks about the altar of gold for, for the incense. Verse 6 talks about the altar of the burnt offerings. Verse 7 talks about the labor. This would be something like a fountain where they could wash their hands and wash up before uh, doing any, any, any offerings. Uh, and obviously, you had to have water. Verse 8 uh, it's talking about the pieces that would enclose the whole area of the tabernacle, uh, basically like a fence around the, the, the perimeter of that. And um, at the end, verse 9 and 10, uh, talks about Moses taking some oil and anointing all of these pieces that were part of this tabernacle so that they be holy. And that means that everything in there could only be used on the service for the Lord. Everything it has a purpose, but everything has its order. Amen? So, all these instructions Moses is getting from God tells me one thing. That God is a God of order. Amen? Uh, Moses, during this time, he learned when, he learned how, and he learned for what reason. This tells me that God is a God of order. Therefore, if God expects order in the tabernacle, if he expects order in the church, I think he expects order in the life of his children. And that's what I want to speak tonight a little bit. Uh, order in a Christian's life. Uh, we often, you know, uh, it, 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 at the beginning of the year, you know, we're looking forward to new things. Uh, you know, spring cleaning comes. Why? Because we have clutter stuff. We have, you know, it's, it's amazing. Any surface, sometimes it serves a purpose. You know, for what? To put stuff in there. Right? But one, one, one of the things that um, brings me uh, uh, to this is that you know, sometimes in our life, we, we need to put order in our lives. We, we, the Christian shall have order in his personal life. There should be order in our homes. There should be order at work. You know, I'm, I, I, but God is, the Bible says, um, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighted in his way. Amen. 
when God saved, saved us, he took us from a life of chaos and brought us to a life that is in structure, uh, uh, structure with order. You know, God uh, uh, brought us out from a, a life of sin, a life of, of, of uh, chaos, and he put order in our lives. We, we, we started putting things in perspective. We started putting things with, uh, in priorities. So what does it mean to, to put your life in order? What, what does that mean? Well, it means having our senses exercised in the discernment of good and evil. See, we, we start learning what's, what's good for me and what's not good for me. I, 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 I begin to learn what, what is going to help me grow and, and, and get close to the Lord, and I begin to learn what's going to push me away and drive me farther from my relationship with God. That, 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 is, that is a part of, of, of maturing. That comes with, with maturity with, with maturity as, as, as you grow in, in, in the Lord. You, you start learning all these things. The things that are before, you didn't think nothing of it. Now you start learning that, well, maybe that's, that is not a good thing for me now. So it means having our senses exercised in the discernment of good and evil. If you, if Hebrews 5.14 says this, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So now, see, now we start learning what is acceptable unto God and what is not acceptable unto God. We start uh, uh, becoming more um, aware of the things that we ought to do and the things we are not to do. It comes, that's something that comes with maturity. As a person grows in Christ, order starts taking control of their life. We start exercising our senses. We, we start making this distinction in that which is acceptable unto the Lord and that what is not. It is knowing that there are things that are not convenient for me to do. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So see, not everything is good for you. Not everything is good for me. And part of, part, part of uh, uh, putting order in my life is knowing what are those things. What is that that is going to help me grow in the Lord? And what is that that is not going to help me grow in the Lord? It's knowing that there are things that harm me and slow down my progress. And that's true also with acquaintances. You know, I often tell um, um, our, our, our Spanish department that anybody that doesn't love the Lord is not going to help you get close to God. They're, 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 when you go to work, you know, and, and, and you, and you uh, are around people that are not uh, Christians, uh, they're unsaved, well, you, you, you don't get to decide that. But you do get to decide on your own time when you hang around people that either are going to help you get close to God or they're going to pull you away from your relationship with God. And that's, that's part of putting order in our life, knowing what is that? Who, who, who's this person? Is this person going to help me or is this person 
going to push me away from my relationship with the Lord. At one point, the Lord Jesus, he, 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 he told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. I can imagine Peter's face when he said that. Me? You know? But this is what he said. Get, get, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto, unto me. Basically, he was saying, you are a, a stumbling block. Why? Because you are, in, you, you are in, for thou savorest not the things that be for God, but those that be of men. Some things are a stumbling block. Some things that are, are obstacles that impede our growing in the Lord. And, and, and part of putting order in my life is knowing what are those things. It means that not only what is good for me, what is not good for me, but also it means that we now know how to use our time. Ephesians 5.16, the uh, Apostle Paul said, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I don't know if, if you notice, but you know, th th things are not getting really better. We must, we must plan time for work, and we must plan time. Uh, uh, t uh, 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 we must plan uh, time to play. Not everything is work. Not everything is fun. We must know what should take priority. We start. We we, we start exercising the, that, that knowledge. Not only what's good for me. Not only what's not good for me. Not only who's good. Who's good for me? For who's going to help me? Not only nine, knowing who's not going to help me, but I must prioritize the things that I do. You know, growth and maturity in our Christian life doesn't come about an accident. Amen. We must make things happen. You know, I we could have we could desire things. We, we can have all the, the, the we, we can want things, but if we don't do, nothing is going to happen. We're just going to keep that want, that desire. We must make things happen. If this year your goal is to have a prayer life, you know what? You must set a time for that. If this time you're going to, if this year you're going to have time, to, to be in your Bible, for, for your Bible reading, you are going to have to set a time apart for that. If your goal is to be in church in every service, you are going to need to work out your schedule in a manner where attending church is possible for you. Amen. It is interesting that, you know, we show up at work when we're supposed to, and yet we struggle to show up at our prayer time, at our Bible reading time, at our church time. It's not, it's not that we don't know how to schedule. It's priorities. It's priorities. Where your treasure is, so is your heart. So, what does it mean to put order in your life? It means that now you know what, what to prioritize in your life. It's the important things that come about first. As Pastor always said, you know, if, 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 if you're going to do the things for God, you're going to have to put him first. Sometimes, you know, we mix up things, and he, he, he uses that illustration uh, often about those, uh, the, the golf clubs, the golf uh, balls, I'm sorry, in a, in a jar. 
You know, if, if, if we want to make things happen, uh, if we want, want to get our, our, our prayer uh, life going, our Bible reading life going, our, our um, soul winning, all those things, we have to put in them first. And then the rest is going to fall into the cracks. But to, to put order in our life, it means, well, now I have to prioritize. You know, before we used to, you know, probably before knowing uh, uh, God and, and living for God, you know, we probably just got up and, okay, let's see what comes today. Yeah. But see, today's a different day. Why? Because if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. So, what does it mean to put order in your life? Well, it means having our senses exercised. It means we now know how to use our time. It means that we must be willing to strip away that which doesn't help us grow. Ephesians 4.22 says, That ye put off concerning the former conversations the old man, which is corrupt according to the the deceitful lust. It's talking about the habits of the old man. And ladies, don't point. <laughs> See, we, we as Christians, we, we have an old nature that clings to you, that follows you around, that goes everywhere you go, that sleeps, it sleeps, it sleeps with you, goes to work with you, comes to church with you. But if you let it, it overpowers you. And, and basically, the idea here, it's, it's talking about, you know, put off that old, put, put off all those habits. It's, it's the, the, the idea here is removing a garment from you. That, that's kind of like the, the idea of what it's talking about. The desires of the carnal man, you ought to strip from those. Strip away from those. Some people don't like to throw anything away, right? Uh, we can call them what? Collectors? There's a word for it, right? Every space in the house serves as storage room for things that perhaps will be useful one day, right? And for some Christians, it's like that with bad habits. They refuse to let them go. They refuse to throw them away, to get rid of them. The Lord took, the, the, the Lord told um, the, the uh, Judah the, at one point in Jeremiah, he told them this, I spake unto thee in thy prosperity, but thou saidest, I will not hear. This had been thy manner from thy youth, that thou obeyest not my voice. See, sometimes our habits are ingrained in us so deep that it's hard to let them go. But if we want to grow, if we want to put order in our life, we, we're going to have to get rid of some, some old habits, some mannerisms from the past. You know? Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, your, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. 
You know, a little bit of bad habits can influence your whole life, can have an effect in your whole life. So what does, that mean? What does it mean to, to, to put order in your life? Well, it means that we must be willing to strip that that is going to help us. And, you know, everybody, a lot of people do spring cleaning when it comes around at the beginning of the year. Why? Because they just, stuff gets cluttered in the house. We, we just collect stuff that we don't need. Uh, uh, you know, we got to throw some garbage out. But we must do it. Otherwise, we won't be able to walk inside the house. It's true the same for, in our life as a Christian. We must put some order. We must do some cleaning. We must throw some stuff away. We, we must get rid of some stuff. Now, how can we put order in our lives? How can we put order in our lives? Well, for, once, for one, we should examine our priorities. What's a priority in your life? What are your priorities? Paul says in Philippians, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even unto this unto you. But he said, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, be like-minded, basically what it said. What is your goal? What are your priorities? Is it Lord? Is it God? Is it pleasing Him to live for Him? I don't know. You know. I know what my priorities are. I know what my goals are. But what is your goal? If we want to put order in our lives, we, we have to examine what are our priorities. Why? Otherwise, we're not going to achieve anything. We're not going to start doing anything for God. You know, sometimes, sometimes we sacrifice the good to achieve the lesser. What do I mean by that? Well, sometimes, you know, there are people who are such good workers. They never refuse an opportunity to work. They work overtime, double time, triple time, all the time. But then they sacrifice time with their family. Time with God, time at church, times of winning. They sacrifice the best for the lesser. I'm not saying it's not good to work. I'm just saying priorities. Priorities. Amen? What is your goal in life? What are your priorities? What should I do to reach my goal? Well, Hebrews tell us this. Let us... Lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See, all these things talk about letting things go. Letting things go. Actually, I was going to speak tonight. I had a different message prepared for tonight. But pastor took it from me and spoke on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I, 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 and I told pastor, you can't. I, I had mine before him. You know, I had it prepared. And I said, Pastor, why would you do that to me? <laughs> but, you know, when, when he, when we, in that message, uh, you know, about moving forward, if, if we want to move forward, there are things that we must get rid of. Amen. We, we, we can't run a race carrying a baggage, carrying things that slow us down, 
carrying weight. We need to remove that which hinders from reaching my goal. My goal. What is that that takes my eyes of the things of God? What is that that takes your eyes of the things of God? Sometimes we sacrifice the good for the lesser. Amen? One thing that would, it would do us good is accept the good counsel of God's word. At one point, Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Take into account who it comes from. Listen to the word of God. Listen to what God tells you. Listen to the preaching of God's word. When you read your Bible, listen to what God is telling you. And, 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 and God is patient, and God is loving, and God is graceful. That He's very patient with me. You know, he's very patient with me. And, and sometimes I, I, I'm amazed how patient God is. I'm not as patient as God. But I, I, I've learned that God is patient, and he will show you, hey, you know what? What about this in your life? You know? I think, I think this, is, this is keeping you from some of my blessings. Hey, what about this in your life? Hey, I think you can improve this in your life. Accept the good counsel of God's word. Many people spend time crying and regretting not having accepted advice when they were young. You know, it would be wise if we would accept the counsel of this book. We would save a lot, a lot of tears. Amen? So, how can we put order in our lives? And this, and this, this is a must. Um, I find this to be one of the hardest things for us to do. The Bible says in First Peter, "Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind." And what is what 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 is he's talking about? Here, when it says, gird up the loins of your mind, he's talking about, he's talking about when, in the, in, the, in the olden days, in the Bible days, when, when the, the garments of the people, you know, in order for them, when they were going to take a journey, they would have to uh, tie their garments really good. Anything that was loose, anything that, that, that was hanging, would become uh, an, uh, an impediment for them uh, to walk, to do whatever they, they're going to do, so they would tie that off. They would, they would make sure nothing was hanging, nothing was loose. So it gives us the idea of taking control of what you're wearing. And what Peter is saying, gird up the loins of your mind, is, is basically telling us, take control of, of your mind. We must train our thinking. We must train our thinking. You know? Uh, uh, we, we need to think on the things that God thinks. God, uh, our minds, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, like, like a uh, soccer field. There, there's a game that's being played in your mind every day. And you have to take control of it. You know why? Because the ideas of the world can sip through in there. 
And we, 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 we have to start learning to think the way God wants us to think. Don't let your mind control you. Be in control of your mind. The problem is that some of us are still stuck in our way of thinking. You know? Um, you know why some Christians don't show, up, don't show up for church on Sunday evening? Because they don't think they need it. Yeah. You know what? why some, some, some Christians, they don't show up for soul winning? Because they, they think it's only for the pastor. See, our way of thinking is what we are. Finally, brethren, Paul says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And that only tells me that we must train our thinking. The way we think. We start exercising our senses by knowing what's good and what's evil. We start exercising our senses and, and who to hang around with and who not to hang around with. So we must exercise our mind. That's the same way. What to think and what not to think. Why? Because those things eventually become actions in your life. You know, sometimes you're in the middle of the night, you're laying in bed and you're craving a pizza. <laughs> and then you get up. And it becomes an action. <laughs> but that's just because some of us are still stuck in a way our, 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 of our thinking. Not, uh, you know, everything starts with the way we think. Everything starts with the way we think. And that is the reason Paul uh, wrote this um, in, in Romans. And be not conformed to this world, but ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our mind has to be renewed. We must learn how to, make, uh, how to, how, how, how to uh, train our our. our, our our mind to think. We, we, we must train our thinking. Be not conformed to this world. Everybody thinks the same way. Why do you think people do the same things? They, 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 you know, fashion, that just tells you something. Why? Because they are thinking the same thing. And one of the things that the, the, the Bible teaches us is, you know, you, you don't want to think like the world. You don't want to think the way everybody thinks. The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. We need to change the way we think. In fact, we need to put God's mind into our mind. And this is the mind of God. Right here. This is, this is how you train your mind to think. You start putting the thoughts of God into your mind. You start, you start training your mind and, and what thing, you know, uh, uh, you start, uh, thoughts are, are coming in your mind and then you say, no, I can't think that way anymore. I can't think that way anymore. Change always begins in the mind. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But it starts saying, casting down imaginations. You know, people, you know why we get in trouble? 
Anytime we say, well, I thought. Pastor, that's because I thought. What were you thinking? Well, that's, that's, that's what he thought. And anytime we start a sentence like that, you know there's trouble in there. Change always begins in the mind. That means I no longer have to act as I think, but rather I must act according to what God's thoughts dictate for me. Does that mean that we will always understand everything? Probably not. Probably not. But one thing we can be certain of, and that is that God always has my best interest. He has your best interest. You don't have to understand everything. But you can trust God that he has a bit the best interest for you and your, for your life. To train, our, uh, to train our mind means to look for the things above. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. You know, one of the hardest things that, that for, for me to do is to put my sight in the things of God. Because my, all my flesh likes the early things. My mind wanders. You know? But it comes a time in your life when you have to, you, you have to, you have to start thinking. And you have to start putting order. And then you, 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 you start taking control. And instead of letting your mind control you, you take control of your mind. How can we put order in our lives? We should examine our priorities. What is your priority for tonight? What is your priority for this month? What is your priority in life? Where are you pressing towards? Are you sacrificing the good to achieve the lesser? Amen? This is some things that I think will help us. God is a God of order, and I think he expects orders in the life of us, his children. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this, your word, God. Thank you for helping us tonight, Lord. Thank you for giving us an insight of, Lord, of what you might want to see in our lives, Lord, as your children. Every eye closed, every head bowed.